Welcome to the Dewhawk Digest, the podcast that keeps you informed on all things Loras College. In this episode, we'll be discussing the Spiritual Life Office and their work with students on their faith journeys. I'm Robert Waterbury, Assistant Director of Campus Communications, and joining me today is Stacia McDermott, the Director of Spiritual Life and Peace and Justice and the Co-Director of the Peace and Justice Minor Program. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Robert. Great to be back. Yeah, well, it's exciting stuff to be able to talk to you about the Spiritual Life Office and everything that's going on there, kind of a wider view of everything. So whenever you're ready. Great. Well, it's probably good to just start about what our mission and our vision is. Mm-hmm. Um, so inspired by Catholic tradition, we help realize the spiritual potential of all persons. That's kind of our mission uh, within spiritual life. And then with that, we have a vision of how we create different cultures. So we seek to create a culture of encounter and hospitality, of dignity, of gratitude, and of vocation. So in each of those sort of four bullet points, we have ways in which we want to help students and our campus community in general grow to create, you know, not just a bunch of programs or offerings, but really a culture um, that is connected to our Catholic mission and connected to who we are as an institution that doesn't just stop while people are at Loris, but, you know, continues as they as they graduate from Loris or, um, you know, go on to different parts of their life. Yeah, obviously, faith is it's a very could be a very broad term in terms of yeah. our discussion. So um, in terms of the general faith development, what's what steps you take to kind of work with students? So I think it's important to recognize that as a Catholic institution, it's out of our Catholic mission that we um, reach out and want to make sure that we are a welcoming and inclusive community for people from all faith traditions and worldview perspectives. And that it's truly not in spite of our Catholic identity, but it's because of our Catholic identity that we really want to accompany students no matter where they're at. So, you know, we get students who are very active and involved in their Catholic faith. They're ready for one of our many leadership opportunities at Loris. Um, And then we have students who are maybe questioning. Maybe they grew up in a faith background and are, you know, starting to ask these big questions or wonder what it means for them. Um, And then we have students that come to us from varying faith traditions. Maybe they identify as Muslim or Jewish or non-denominational Christian. And, you know, certainly on the rise in our society as people who identify as none, as no religious affiliation. So how are we here for all people, no matter where they're at? Um, And also stay rooted to who we are as a Catholic institution. So, yeah, we have lots of different ways in which we try to encounter people on their faith journey. Um, We have an amazing staff member, Debbie Gross, who's our coordinator of faith development, and she works with student workers to create um, a number of opportunities to help students grow in their faith. Uh, We have a lot of different retreat experiences. So we have an Antioch retreat that occurs first and second semester. It's a retreat run by students who have already been on that retreat. Uh, We go out to St. John's Placid, which is just 20 minutes outside of Dubuque. And students give talks and their small group sharing, great food, um, good conversation, lots of laughter. So that's a weekend retreat. 
Um, and then we also have a retreat every semester called Kenosis, which takes place out at Numelry Abbey, which is a Trappist monastery in Piasta, Iowa. And that's a more quiet retreat. It's, um, you know, spending time in silence and in prayer. A faculty or staff member goes out and gives a talk. Um, but, you know, it's for students who are maybe desiring some more introspection, some growth in um, self-awareness and connection to God on a personal level. Um, and then we have other retreats that kind of vary based on the year. So we'll have a journey retreat this year, which talks about prayer, like what are different prayer forms that people can experience. We'll have that um, out at our presentation sister's uh, mother house. Uh, we've had busy persons retreat where we bring in different spiritual directors from the community. So we're lucky enough in this area to be surrounded by lots of men and women religious congregations. So many of them serve as spiritual directors for free for our students. So that's one thing that we offer on a yearly basis. Um, not only our spiritual life staff, but this group of 12 to 15 men and women religious who, who serve our students um, in that capacity. We also have an RCIA program, which stands for Right for Christian Initiation for Adults. Um, and people might be familiar with that happening uh, at their church or at their parish. Uh, we really try and make it uh, a process that we know people are going to a Catholic college and maybe they just want to go to one of them to learn more about that specific topic around Catholicism. Or maybe um, they're maybe interested in becoming confirmed or becoming Catholic. But we get, you know, the best of the best in the area to speak on a variety of different topics, and that happens all year long. So that's a great opportunity to learn more about Catholicism, regardless of um, how you orient around faith. We also have FOCUS Missionaries. So FOCUS stands for Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and that is an outside organization that trains uh, recent graduates from college um, to lead Bible studies and do di discipleship. So we have four focused missionaries on our campus that helps lead students um, in Bible studies and then train students to then lead Bible studies themselves. And two of those um, missionaries actually work specifically with student athletes. So try and bring together uh, students who um, obviously have really full schedules as well and who come together around their sport. So that's been a great opportunity for students. Um, and then we have um, different retreats like faculty staff retreats too that we put on um, three times a semester to help people grow and learn in their faith um, for our whole uh, faculty staff and students. We do book studies sometimes for students like this semester I'm going to lead one on the book called The Awakened Life. Um, that was written um, by two women who identify as Methodists, and it talks about how can we be more mindful and awake to God's presence in our lives. So uh, we led a book club for faculty and staff first semester. It went really great, and now we're going to open that up to students. So those are just some of the few things that we have going on in terms of faith development. Sure. Any, any of the things that the students are able to access it's kind of dictated by them in terms of how involved or how removed they want to be in each right. of these events. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, we have a, a, an awesome space in the Alumni Campus Center where students hang out all the time and our offices are right off of that. But we are limited to oftentimes the students who come to us. Um, we do get a lot of uh, referrals of maybe students who are struggling with different things. Maybe it be homesickness or grieving the loss of a loved one or struggling maybe with some anxiety or depression. So we work really closely with the Counseling Center, which is right next door to us. 
Um, and like I said, we have um, interfaith outreach. So we employ students from different faith traditions to help make sure that we are meeting the needs or at least attempting to meet the needs of our students who don't identify as Catholic. So in our spiritual life bulletin, we send out a weekly e-bulletin that kind of talks about all of the stuff that we have going on during the week. But then at the bottom of that, we want to make sure that students who are desiring to be active in their faith tradition um, know about the different congregations in the area. So we kind of have a list of that and names and numbers and then are happy to help with rides if that's something that they're looking for. But yeah, like you said, it's a lot of it is based on the students. Um, desire to to grow desire to reach out and i'm sure that kind of fluctuates during the course of their four years here too yeah absolutely might be a little more timid or a little more reserved in terms of how involved they want to get and they over the time they get more involved or you might see them kind of as their schedules change and get busier it just kind of goes the opposite but yeah it's all kind of individually yep and i think everyone has like a different window into kind of our office. So like I said, it might around faith development, it might be people who are already super engaged in their faith and they are eager to grow and learn more and build community. But then, you know, oftentimes our um, offerings around peace, justice, and service are areas that really bring people in um, who are maybe at all, all different spaces on their faith journey. So we have eight to nine, um, we call them Trek Trips, which stands for Think, Reflect, Engage, and Connect. So how, um, so experiences where students go into different communities um, in the United States and also in Mexico to kind of gain perspective of people um, in those communities to serve them in whatever capacity meets their needs, um, to learn from them. So those are really great experiences where we have anywhere between 80 to 100 students participate in those every year. Um, We have daily, nightly reflection, a faculty or staff member accompanies those trips, and then we also have a student leader for those trips. So oftentimes that is maybe the window in which students choose to become involved in something that we have going on in our office, and then maybe that leads them to get more involved in another way or become a student leader the following year. Um, And then like I've mentioned before, we have a peace and justice group that meets weekly And that's also where we get students um, that come to us who are really passionate about social justice and want to learn more and make a difference. So they come or engage in those meetings in different capacities or involved in sustainability or fair trade. So, yeah, you know, I think because we even though we are such a small institution, because we have such a robust um, team of staff in our spiritual life division and we have such a broad spectrum of ways in which we um, speak to all of these different beautiful aspects of Catholicism, I think it invites a broad range of students to participate. Okay. So kind of mentioned already, there's, you know, the, the retreats and kind of the reflective mm-hmm. aspect, the, and then you mentioned the service and kind of more ways that they can be active within. Um, what else then in terms of a, a worship angle? Yeah. Um, what kind of how does worship and liturgy play into the spiritual life office? So that is definitely part of our day-to-day offerings that we have. We have daily masses that students can participate in. Students um, lead all of our liturgical ministries, so whether that be altar servers or musicians or lectors. Um, we have around 150 students that serve in those capacities. Um, 
We also have daily Eucharistic adoration, so in St. Joe's Chapel, which is our smaller chapel, um, and Hoffman Hall. So that gives students an opportunity to sit in the presence of God in a really reflective way. Students sign up to do that, or they can go um, whenever whenever fits their schedule, but that's a great opportunity for students to sit in silence in the presence of Jesus. We also have praise and worship adoration. So we have two different praise and worship teams on our campus. Um, one that leads um, this praise and worship adoration that takes place once a month, um, like I said, with music um, while the Blessed Sacrament is, is exposed. And then we have a praise and worship team that helps lead masses as well. Um, and we have one Sunday liturgy every weekend, and that's at 8 p.m. on Sunday nights. And we intentionally choose one time to gather as a campus community to bring people together. You know, I think we could have a morning mass on Sunday but because of the size of our campus and because of our huge emphasis on building community, we really want to come together as one faith community um, at least, you know, once a weekend, once a week. And like I said, students fill all of those liturgical ministry positions Um we also this fall had a Spanish mass. We're trying to do more in terms of um, our bilingual population to offer opportunities for students to, um, you know, say mass and say prayers in their native language. We have an Our Lady of Guadalupe altar that is behind um, the sacristy in Christ the King Chapel that has a, a large image of Our Lady of Guadalupe where people can go at any point in time to pray or reflect um, we have students who say the rosary before mass, um, daily mass, and a decade of that is in Spanish where we have a guide for students. Um, and then we also have these holy power hours, um, which are we've renamed them Awaken. So it's an opportunity um, to do some music and singing um, while the Blessed Sacrament is, is exposed. And then students gather usually afterwards for a game night. Um, so that's something that we really... Um, know the importance of too is community building is offering community building opportunities which is why after every sunday mass we have a food social so people can get together eat enjoy conversation um we have a group that plans a lot of our social offerings so we have like a welcome night in the fall out at eagle point park that's like games small group conversations learning about all of the different groups on campus within the spiritual life office um, and then uh, we ha we'll have a game night here to kick off spring semester. But then lots of other groups have socials. Um, we have a peace and justice house where students live in an intentional community. So they do every Friday. They made their basement into a coffee shop. So they have free fair trade coffee and snacks um, from 8 to 11 every Friday morning. So that's another great opportunity to build community game nights. Yeah. Puzzle puzzle building nights. Sure, just a lot of opportunities for students and kind of faculty and staff to kind of come together exactly. within their faith and just kind of be together and yeah, yeah, yeah. form that community. As yeah, and have a safe space where they can talk about, you know, things that matter and, that can, you know, that might be struggling with each other or talking about ways in which they saw God. You know, it really varies. So just trying as best we can to, to build community and build spaces where people feel loved and accepted and, um, yeah, it's really beautiful to, to see these communities form. Okay. So being a Catholic institution, I think from the outside looking in, it's, well, it's obviously all about Catholicism. And, yeah, and, and obviously that, that dictates a lot of you know, our approach to things. But 
how do you work with people of, of different faiths, like the interfaith c- component? How does how do they fit into everything and feel comfortable and feel like they're a part of all of these different things that are happening? Yeah, and I, I think that's a great question. And like I sort of mentioned in the beginning, I think it's out of our Catholicism that we want to make sure that people feel welcomed and included. So, uh, so we do this in a number of ways. One of the ways is we have paid student interns that focus on interfaith engagement. So when students get to campus, we put a little postcard in their mailbox if they checked a box where they identified as a faith tradition and we say welcome to the Loris faith community and then maybe we'll connect them to whatever place of worship that they identified as their faith tradition um, and also invite them to participate in in our Catholic masses you know obviously they can't participate fully but it's a great experience to learn and grow um, and we have a number of our students that attend uh, mass uh, we've also planned a number of ecumenical services, so people from Christian backgrounds where we bring in different speakers, um, uh, different ministers from other faith traditions in the area. Every year we have an ecumenical Ash Wednesday service in the ballrooms. Uh, We bring in, uh, like I said, different ministers to kind of give reflection during that and distribute ashes. Um, We also have a tremendous um, gift in the Dubuque land area which is a community called Children of Abraham. So it brings together people from the Abrahamic faiths. So that's Christian, Jewish, and Muslim. Um, But all people um, are obviously invited. We've had people who come who are agnostic or atheist um, or Hindu. And those are a series of dialogue discussions around a topic where people from those faith traditions maybe share for 10 minutes around how their experience of their faith tradition um, relates to that topic, and then there's small group conversation, and then the social afterwards. Um, so that has been a great experience for our Loris community to kind of get to know people from other faith traditions, because we are um, maybe more homogenous than a lot of other institutions or spaces, so that provides a great outlet of growth and learning. Um, And then every year we also plan sacred space tours. So in the fall we had a sacred space tour of the sacred places in Dubuque. Um, So we went to the Jewish temple, to the mosque, and also to the Christian church, Radius Church um, in Dubuque. And that's just a great way for us to learn about how how other people worship, how they set up their spaces. Um, And then we have one coming in the spring where we're going to go to Chicago as well. So, you know, I mean, I think there's there's more that we can look at of how do we build on this. Um, there's We received a grant from the Interfaith Youth Corps to develop an interfaith strategic plan. So there's a group of faculty, staff, and students that are working on that right now of how do we continue to become a welcoming and inclusive environment where we can wrestle with ideas of faith and reason and explore and pursue truth. Um, so that's a really exciting piece that we have going on right now. Um, so there's lots of ways that we are continuing to grow and to explore what this means for us. And I think that's that seems like the important part too. It's just the evolution of it, knowing that this is not of this is how we do things. So you bring whatever your faith is bringing. It's got to fit within what we do. Right. It is what is what is your faith? Let's work with you to help. Uh, expand it and then make it one community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So as the kind of year kind of moves forward, uh, what, uh, do you have anything big on the horizon coming up for uh, whether events or other things coming up for the the office? Great question. Um, 
So we will, we always do a big theme and offerings around Lent. And so our theme this year is Be Awakened. So uh, like I mentioned, we'll lead a book, I'll lead a book club around that book, um, The Awakened Life. We'll have a Lenten mission where we'll bring some speakers to campus. So maybe a two to three night speaker series. Um, We always have a night where we have 24 hour adoration, um, opportunity for um, experiences of reconciliation. Um, We're going to have a joint uh, concert between the Spiritual Life Office that's going to be put on from our music department that's going to be a Lenten musical reflection during common time that's going to happen April 1st. So those are some of the highlights. Like I said, we'll also have a sacred space tour to Chicago. We always have a -a fast-a-thon, which we invite uh, members of our community to participate in a 24-hour fast, and then we get together and break the fast. And then people from different faith traditions and worldviews share about what fasting means to them and why they fast. So that's always a really great experience. And then we invite people to donate the money that maybe they would have spent on their meals during that time. And then we choose an organization to donate to. So those are some of the some of the highlights for the semester. Never at a loss for things to do. Anywhere, no, sure. we are not. We are not at a loss. And we have lots of opportunities. Um, and that is, you know, the big picture stuff. But we are all engaging and meeting students um, on a regular basis and, you know, doing whatever we can to help them feel loved and help them feel like Loris um, is a place of home for them. Well, you guys do great work. And Thanks, Robert. Stacia McDermott, thank you so much for, for joining me and to talk about all the great things that are going on with the Spiritual Life Office. Thanks for having me. I'm sure I missed a ton, but that's all right. At least it's a snippet. Well, and you can always learn more at uh, loris.edu, and we'll be sharing more at the Loris Daily website, which is daily.loris.edu. So be sure to check in both of those places for more information. And thank you to all who listened in on our discussion. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and will join us for the next Dewhawk Digest. Digest.